Hello, and thank you so much for joining us once again. It is the Nightly Pleasures Podcast. I'm your host and author of the piece you're going to be hearing today, The Grey Knight. You can call me Daddy, you can call me Jack, so long as you call me back. Hi. Uh, I got some feedback that I was talking a little too quick and a little too much and with too much enthusiasm last week, so I will endeavor to speak to you a little bit more like you are used to. Hello, you are the sexy consumer of this podcast. I adore you. Thank you so much. You are hot, 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 hot. Uh, so that's enough of that joke. Ah, I don't know if this is something to do with healing if this is something to do with aging, if this is something to do brand new. Uh, But I just discovered a physiological thing, and I can't stop thinking about it. Uh, So here's why I'm confused as to which of these things it is, because to my experience, it's new, but physiologically, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So here it goes. If you've ever played a game called Celeste, it is a cheap, easy, low-fidelity graphic game that got tons and tons of praise, deservedly, for just being incredibly, incredibly well-designed. Effectively, there's only one button to press. That's your jump button. Uh, and then you you jump your way through screens that are increasingly difficult and kill you left and right and center. And if you're saying, well, that's Mario, you know, that's from the 80s, that's a long time ago, don't disagree. Celeste is kind of a great homage to all of the video games where you do or you die in in a 2D fashion, be it platformer or not, which it is. It's it the reason why it got so popular and the reason why it was so successful is because it's just perfectly orchestrated. It's hard to describe. It's perfect, right? It's like, what's the best burger you've ever had? Now tell me why it's better than any other burger you've ever had. What made that one great, especially if there's no special ingredient? Like, you know, assume that it's not because there was truffle oil or something that you really like. Just assume it was a burger made the same way, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. It was just so good. Like, you can get into the nitty-gritty of what makes Celeste so good. There are, there are essays out there. I've watched one of them that are hours long talking about the game mechanics and, and uh, how strong they are. And uh, I, I admit that I fully came entranced because it talked about uh, t- two platformers that I thought were uh, just about as well orchestrated as possible uh, in their game design, Mega Man X and Hollow Knight, uh, both of which just had exemplary sections. Sorry for talking so much about video games if you don't play them, but, like, this is this is where it happened. So, like, if you played Celeste, it's a game where you die. It's very well orchestrated, and it's very well constructed. The mechanics of the game are fantastic, but you die a lot. And you either find that charming or you find it deeply frustrating, or like me, you find it fucking both, right? (laughs) You find it charming, or frustrating, or both. It's charming right up until a point, like, ah, and then I put it down. And then I'll come back a little bit later, and like, okay, 
right? You just get stiff or sore, you get tunnel vision, you get target fixation, something like that, then you come back and it's good. So I played a game that's a lot like Celeste, only missing that charm, that polish. And it's called Ageless, all one word. And it's a cute game, it's like a puzzle game, but it's a game where you make one mistake, you die, you go back to the beginning of the room, and then you gotta try again, and there's all these extra special jumps and things. And unlike Celeste, it doesn't just have the jump, which is why it's not polished. It also has a bow where you can make all the plants and animals that you meet older or younger, and then they have different forms. Here's what I've discovered from Ageless that I'm really wondering if I had played Celeste and I felt 100% and I felt like as good as I could possibly feel, right? If I did play Ageless like I just played Celeste, or if I played Celeste like I just played Ageless, I played Ageless and I would get to a point where I couldn't get past a certain screen, not because I didn't know what to do or the puzzle was confusing, but because I lacked the manual dexterity because there's a lot of like, fire your bow, jump, now freeze time, now bounce backwards. And I'm like, again, compared to Celeste, this is dumb. But I tried to stick it out and I played it. And when I would reach a stage that would kill me repeatedly, easily, over and over and over again, I found out that I was like throwing my controller aside just for a second going (laughs) like I had to sneeze and it was so itchy my nose and I didn't realize I was doing it at first. I only realized after I got super frustrated after spending I don't know how many attempts on this one screen, I realized like I had taken my glasses off and I'm like, that's fine. That's a stress reaction that I know. Like, close your eyes and take your glasses off and just breathe for a second is a great stress react. I mean, as long as you're not talking to somebody else in real time, then it's like the ultimate psycho power move. But like for a video game or something, for something that you're not like super big on at the moment, right? Something that doesn't, that's like, it's it's on your time schedule. Uh, I do it all the time with TV shows. I do it all the time when I'm watching a TV show and it's kind of good. But it's got awful parts of, you know, like I'm enjoying it overall, but it's got awful aspects. And then a character will say the most insane thing I've ever heard in my life. And I'll just be like, and the glasses immediately, I don't know if you can hear that, come off. I'm like, I rub my face and then I put the glasses right back on again. Oh, fuck that. Did I really just hear that actor say those words? (laughs) So that one I knew, but I'm like, holy shit, I know I'm not actually itchy. I know I'm not actually itchy in my nose. It's just an anger response. It's an immediate physiological, this much I understand, anger response. Now, when I was super, super sick a few years back, I could not sneeze. I could not sneeze. I saw an ear, nose, and throat doctor, and he's all like, no problem. You're sick and you're full of mucus. We're going to make you sneeze. And then I couldn't still. And this is one of those things that I just hate as a human being because the doctor was like, ha, bet you didn't do it right. And I'm like, motherfucker, this is not a complicated series of instructions you gave me. And I want to be better. And I make my money with my voice. But we'll get over that. And I didn't feel an itch then. And that was a lot of anger. (laughs) I felt the red lines above my eyes and in the back of my head. There's little diagrams about where you feel anger, and that's where I felt it at that particular moment. (laughs) But not the desire to sneeze. I couldn't sneeze. 
And I've always sneezed violently when I did. It was never... <laughs> that started now. Now I'll just... <laughs> like a Michael Jackson or something on occasion. But as before, it was all the old Pierce from Community Season 1 sneers. It was always an unironical... <laughs> it was always something like that. Apologies for everybody listening. I guess I didn't go too hard in the mic. I don't know... If I've always, when playing a video game and getting pissed off repeatedly, like really irritated every 15 to 20 seconds, has that always made me want to sneeze? Because it's very rare that you encounter that kind of stress. Even when it's the most annoying coworker or whatever, it's a, like a constant stress? Yeah? Or it goes in and out and you have no control and so you're just like, uh, fuck this coworker. Uh, right? But when you're actively control it with the control in your hand and it's a single player game and you're the only one fucking causing the little, the little girl on your screen to go, ooh, doot, 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 doot. I don't know what the actual music is. I turn the sounds off. Uh, <laughs> and dying repeatedly, it makes me throw the controller aside. What is that? Do you have it too? Do you, do you have this kind of reaction when you get stressed repeatedly in a short period of time? Or am I just, as so many exes have suggested to me, part fucking labradoodle? Right? Because they get excited and they... <laughs> and I've always thought it was funny because they call it a playful sneeze. And don't get me wrong, if the dog's sneezing, every bit of information I have tells me, very playful. Tail up. I shiny sneezing, that's a playful dog. That's a dog that wants to play. No doubt about it. I'm just saying, I don't think that the sneeze is only for playing. I think they may sneeze to, to state change, and we just don't see that as often. Because I would not at all be surprised if a dog was just like, because I'm going to fuck you up. Right? Right? Does that make any sense? No? All right. So I'm just trying to figure out, is this a new thing? Have I simply grown to the age that I now have anger, nasal uh, itchiness? <laughs> Has, was I always experiencing it and I just didn't know it because I was so plugged up and my body was so messed up and so tense and tight? Because I know it sounds strange. You're like, really? You were that plugged full of mucus? You're like, not mucus per se. Uh, my body was so tense and tight that my diaphragm wasn't moving correctly. Uh it's one of the reasons why my voice has changed. Like, I thought it was moving correctly, because if you live your whole life with it feeling a certain way, that's the way it's supposed to feel. Eh? Eh? But it wasn't. And as it freed up and as it unlocked, I've discovered all this lung capacity, uh, my voice has changed, yada, my life's gotten better, yada, 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 yada. Right? Right? So I... I'm just trying to figure this out. Is this a new thing? And how much less should I play games like Celeste and Ageless if they're going to piss me off like that? <laughs> all right. That's all I've got uh, this particular week. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm having a pretty good fall so far. Uh, trying to knock stuff out just for you guys. Trying to r really just handle my business. End of the yard work is coming up. It's very, very sad. Uh, well, what will not be sad is immediately having to take a bath after doing the yard work to get all the histamine and all the uh, uh, the allergens off. Yeah, all the histamine 
evokers and all the allergens of, uh, yeah, that I won't miss, but that'll be very, very fun. Uh, and <laughs> uh, honestly, the laugh is because I'm having a pretty good time, and I really hope you enjoy the next episode. I just have no idea what it is. You, uh, you want to find out together? I had a dream about you. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, well, it's a little too early to be dreaming about you, don't you think? I do. I think it's way too early to be dreaming about you. But it happened. Well, my dreams are admittedly not that clear. A lot of people will describe themselves running through a field or knowing that they're at a childhood home. It doesn't really seem to work that way for me. What I remember from my dreams is usually what I felt during them. I dreamed that I woke up and that I looked for you. Hmm. I reached my arms out in my bed, and I was all alone. There was nobody. There was nothing. Not even a kitty cat. And I remember feeling disappointed and empty because you were supposed to be there. And then, obviously, I didn't go about my normal routine at all. Or if I did in the dream world, I don't remember any of it. Next thing I know, I'm on a bus, and I'm coming to see you. It's very funny, of course, because why would I take the bus when I have the car? But I was. I was standing. I was wrapped around a pole. There were plenty of empty seats, and I don't remember anybody else's dress or face, or really anything distinct about any of them at all. Were they really there? Or did I just think that they were? But the bus is riding, and I'm still thinking of you, and I'm still missing you, and I still want to grab out and hold you. So I'm holding on to the pole, and I'm clinging to it. And in real life, it would be metallic and typically cool. But in the dream world, it's nothing. It's just the absence of you. And then I'm off the bus, and we're in a place. We're in a building. But I'm not quite sure what it is. And you're there, and we're together. But you're standing very far away from me. I don't think you're actually standing all that far. If we were to put it in reality and graph it out, you're only a meter or two away. But this is dream reality. And I can't run in my dreams. I can't punch in my dreams. I can't do a lot of things in my dreams that I can in the real world. And so you being out of reach means that you're very far away. And you also keep turning your back to me. And at first I think you're very mad at me. Of course, you weren't there when I woke up. You weren't there when I wanted you. You didn't come with me. I had to come and see you. And now you keep turning your back to me. Well, I finally realize that you're not cross, or at least not enough to be shunning me. 
No, your back is turned all the way to me because you're examining some art on the wall. And I don't think we're at a museum. I don't think we're at an art show. But there are paintings, and they're everywhere. And it's not like the orderly way that they're put up. I can't read in my dreams, and I'm told that that's very common. But then other people will tell me they've read entire books in their dreams, and I don't even know what to make of that. I know that if I really go to a museum, that I will see everything written out, that I will see the author and the date of the piece, or if it took a long time to make, the dates of the piece between which it was made. And typically, there will be a blurb about the piece itself, or if the author is not well known, the author. And just reading that can give you lots of information about history, the context, the piece. But none of that was available in the dream world. None of the pictures were hanging up at the perfect 52 inches, or whatever the hell it is, centered and spaced out. No, this was a phantasmagoria of paintings. No other artwork either, just paintings all along the wall, not covering every piece of it, of course, but hung at the height that someone would carelessly hang something comfortable to them, with different docents hanging different paintings everywhere across the walls. And it's after that I looked at this very irregular gallery that I realized you were missing again. So then my footfall took me, and, as it were, it took me out of this museum, this gallery, and along a dirt path lined with trees. And I looked for you behind them, but I didn't see you anywhere. And this is where other people's dreams typically get very interesting, and I'm afraid mine is quite boring. There's no dragons. There's no unicorns. No dead people came to speak with me or give me any kind of wisdom. Nothing scary, no uncanny feeling, just searching for you. Searching for you out of the gallery, along the dirt path, behind every tree. And eventually I find you in another room. And you're sitting down, you're wearing different clothes. And you actually look very, very nice. Now I can clearly see your face. I didn't before. And your face, it's concerned. Hmm. Your face was telling me a story, and it wasn't a very nice one. So, I wondered. I sat. We ordered. I guess it was some kind of cafe. And I don't recall any waiter. I don't recall any menu. I don't recall anyone or anything else at all. Just us, sitting there, looking into one another's eyes. And this is why I'm telling you the dream. Because I have now sought you out twice in my own imagination. And do you know what you tell me when I find you, when I try and broach conversation again? Wouldn't it be a neat trick if you did? I realize 
that your concern is over me. Hmm, how egotistical of my subconscious. But truly, you're worried about me pursuing you, and if it's a good thing, and if it's a right thing, and if it'll work out. And I realize that you're not really concerned for me, or about me, or for us, or about us. I realize I simply haven't been giving you enough. Not nearly enough. Not nearly enough of an effort. Hmm. You don't need someone to build castles, and you don't need someone to take you everywhere. I don't think you need a man for anything, quite frankly, a partner. But I haven't shown you that I'm interested in you. Not enough. I haven't pursued you. And that's what I think you, in my dream, were trying to tell me. Hmm. And I wanted to rectify it. I did. I do. I want to pursue you. And because I'm taking my dreams as counsel, I thought I should pursue you in the exact way that my dreams told me that I should. So you know what I've done. Do you? Well, see, again, it would be a very impressive trick to me if you did. I've been looking up some museums. I've been looking up museums that have a nice outdoor area or nice grounds that you're allowed to walk around. It has a nice little cafe in it. And you know what? I think I found one that just checks all three boxes off nicely, but it is missing one thing. Do you know what that is? A date. It's missing someone for me to take there and to walk around with, and to eat with, and to be with, and to read all the little blurbs with, and to go over them, and to touch just above her hips, even though that's probably too public of a touch for her, but in a room alone, or with just a docent, it should be well, it should be enough, to come up from behind her, to put my hands on her hips, to hold her nice, and close, yes. Yes. I think that sounds like a very good date indeed. You're making me dream of you. You hear me? You're making me dream of you. And that's not okay. I'm not supposed to dream of you. Not ever. Not this early on. And not in such a sweet, saccharine way. Mm -mm, you're going to get the wrong ideas about me. You are. I want you. I do. But a lot of men want you. But I want you. And I think your body is so much fun. And I want to play with it and make it bounce. Even all the parts of it you think can't or shouldn't or won't. I want to make them all jump up and down as I push myself into you. 
more accurately as I grab you by your hips, make you wrap your legs around my torso, and bounce you up and down. That's what I really want. I want to take you out. I want to show you a real good time. And I want to touch you. Your outer thighs, your shoulders, your hips, all over you. In public, as much as you'll let me get away with. And I want you to know, the whole time, I'm thinking about my cock sliding in between your sweet little pussy lips. How tightly you'll grip me, how good you'll feel, and how impressed and honored you'll be. How much goddamn fun you'll have letting me bounce you on my lap. <laughs> I want you to dream of me in the exact same way that I dream of you. And then I want you to ache. I want you to be in pain. I want you to feel all kinds of agony stretching out throughout the entire day until I touch you next. And then I want it to burn just a little bit more. And then I want it to ache just a little bit more. <laughs> I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it from you, aren't I? You're going to give it to me. I can already tell that you're going to want to push me and kiss me up against a wall when nobody is around. I already know the perfect tree to take you behind. And so long as nobody else is there in that private little park, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to kiss you. I'm going to grope you. I'm going to push your straight spine against that curvy tree. And I'm going to take what I want from you. I know exactly how I can make you feel with one kiss. And if you think I'm going to sit around here and just dream about you all day, wanting you, needing you. That's not going to happen. I'm going to turn that motivation around. I'm going to make you close your eyes during that kiss, not because I told you to, but because it feels so damn good. You will give me everything that I'm looking for, and I know that, because you want to. I know you do. I can sense it, too. You just need me to show you. You need me to lead. You need that determination from my end to show you that I want all of you, and I will. But since you've decided to play dirty, since you've decided to go ahead 
and invade my space with your thoughts and your smell and my want of you because you won't even leave me alone in your dreams. Mm. I am going to fuck you up and then I'm going to fuck you. You hear me? First, I'm going to mess up everything about your waking hours, and then I will mess up your insides. Before this, before I woke up with this dream, I wanted my cock in your mouth. I wanted to play with you over and over again. Now, I realize the game has changed, and I'm going to make you scream. You hear me? I'm going to make you lose your mind. And that's before I'm inside you again. I'm going to make you grab a pillow, bite down on it. I'm going to make you sink your head under the bathwater and just go full banshee. I'm going to drive... I'm going to drive you as insane as you've ever been driven, and you're going to say, thank you, sir. You hear me? You're going to say, thank you, sir, for it. I know we're just getting to know each other. I know that this is not the message you were expecting. But you decided to play with my dreams. So I'm going to play with every single part of you. Are you ready? Are you sure? Well, then just tell me the day that you're free. Because I can't wait to take you on our next date.